I'm excited to talk about my sponsors today, Gay Lisby's Million Dollar Arbitrage Group. Amazing, amazing group. This is a teacher. This is, uh, Gay was a teacher. She is a teacher still. You need to learn this is the type of uh, environment you want to be in because she's going to help you understand why. And I think that's the hardest part of this business is understanding why. Why is the red one popular when the green one isn't? Well, there's usually a reason. And what Gay does is probably parse that better than anybody, and she'll explain the reasons for those things. I think that's really powerful. Yes, she puts out a list. You're going to get, uh, get use of that list if you get in the group. Now, here's the deal. The group isn't always open, right? So you get on the waiting list, and you can join the waiting list through my link. Um, doesn't cost you anything to, to get on a waiting list. And if you uh, like her service, which I find that most people do, and that's why there's not so many openings, um, you'll be with her for a long time. And so it's amazingfreedom.com. She's part of Andy Slamet's group, amazingfreedom.com forward slash momentum. And you're going to get in the waiting list. That's all I can get you on right now. You can use my name and see if that gets you anywhere. But what I like about in that, uh, what I like about what they teach in that group are the things that are going on, you know, the current things. I've seen a lot of stuff going on about stores going out of business. Well, here's where an opportunity is. Here's why you want to do this. Hey, be cautious about this, you know, with Toys R Us coming out. You got to think about this. And that's the learning that you need to do. And gay is better than anybody else I've seen. So um, amazingfreedom.com forward slash momentum will get you to the waiting list. Then hopefully it can get you in the group and then you're going to see me in there and uh, we can chat anytime you're ready. Karen Locker's group, Solutions, the number four e-commerce, solutions4ecommerce.com forward slash momentum. It's going to save you 50 bucks. Karen's our account manager. We recommend her to everyone because she's done so well for us. I mean, that's quite frankly the reason we've been paying her for the last few years, but she's become an important part of our team. Her and her team are so involved in our account. I just see the emails coming back and forth. Hey, we did this for you. I just saw two listings today. And I'm like, wait a second. Why did they show up? I didn't put any listings up. They got, uh, they got uh, set off to the side by Amazon, and they reactivated them for me. You know what I mean? That's the stuff that just happens when you have a strong team, and I can't recommend Karen enough. If you use uh, my code Momentum, Karen pays me. I don't want to hide that. Of course, we all know that, but you're going to save $50, and it's a great opportunity to really, really um, build out your team with somebody you can trust. That's why I recommend them. So solutions for e-commerce, solutions, the number for e-commerce.com forward slash momentum. It's going to save you $50. Oh, and by the way, she's going to do an inventory health report. Why is that important? Well, guess what? Fees are going up. Is your inventory health number declining like ours is? Well, here's why, and here's what they can do. What I like is I get a spreadsheet from them and it says, hey, um, here's a bunch of inventory. Here's what we recommend. And I'm like, yep refund, I mean, uh, delete, uh, return to us, blah, 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 whatever it is, and it's or destroy, and it just happens. That's what I like. The other thing that I have Karen help me with a lot is creating new listings. You know, we do a lot of the research ourselves, we upload our images, and then boom, magically the listing goes live, and I don't have to worry about it. Those are the services that Karen offers. Can't recommend her enough. Solutions for ecommerce.com forward slash momentum. Save 50 bucks. Use my code you save $50 a month every single month, and it's a great service. Plus, you get that free inventory health report. I think it's a really powerful way. So I can't, uh, I'm so excited how many people have been joining her because I see it. And I'm excited because the, the messages I get from people are saying, hey, this is great. I finally feel like I can focus on something else because Karen and her team are watching this for me. And, you know, I highly recommend her. Next up is Seller Labs and Scope. <laughs> I almost said it wrong. It's it's amazing. I mean, it really is amazing when you sit back and think about, hey, I want to get this product up, and it's similar to this product, and that's, that product does well. Well, therefore, if that product does well, they have the right keywords. They have chosen things correctly. So guess what? You scope, and you can see all that stuff, and that's what the, the most powerful thing in the world is to copy somebody who's done it right. That's what you want to – you want to take advantage of that, right? I mean, it's it's fair – uh, to see. And so therefore you could take and apply it to your listing and immediately get that same benefit. That's what scope does for me. Sellerlabs.com forward slash momentum. It's going to save you $50 on the service. Oh, by the way, it's free to try. So sign up, try it and say, oh, this is how it's done. Boom. And then you're going to, the light's going to go on and you're going to be like, man, I can get my products out there. I just can't wait. 
Can't wait. Sellerlabs.com forward slash momentum. The other day, I bought another domain. Yes, I bought another domain. It's almost like uh, I'm admitting guilt. But it's because I had an idea, and it was something that was a pretty good idea. I think it's going to go pretty far. And so what do I do? I go to trygodaddy.com forward slash momentum and save 30%. So domains aren't very expensive. You get a few services. It adds up a little bit. And I usually buy three years. I usually buy privacy. By the way, I recommend that too. Buy that, you know, it's not that much money, but when you can save 30%, it makes it that much sweeter. And it makes it easier uh, when you're buying domains, and especially if you buy a bunch of domains. I am a domain collector, and so I do tend to do that. But that 30% makes it a lot easier. And I use GoDaddy because what I like is I can pop in an address I'm thinking, and it'll say, nope, nope, try this version or try this extension. And then, boom, there it is. Hey, you better hurry before it goes away. And they're right, you know. And so try GoDaddy.com forward slash momentum, save 30%. Also, I want to mention about Grasshopper. Who was I just talking to somebody the other day? And they were like, oh, yeah, I use this company called Grasshopper. I'm like, dude, did you buy it through my link and save 30%? Hello? No, they missed that. So save 30%. It's trygrasshopper.com forward slash momentum. No surprise there, but you're going to save 30%. And what the, the real cool part about that is they're using it for their private label business. And it gives them virtually a second phone on their current phone without having to get another number. They can make up a vanity number. They don't have to go and do all the grief and, and sign long contracts. Pretty easy stuff. And so if you're creating a brand that you want to identify, you want to look professional, you want to look like a real company, Grasshopper is a great tool. It's an app you put on your existing phone, and boom, you now have a customer service department. You now have a sales department. You now have a manufacturing division. You could forward it to somebody else. You can have it go to different voicemails, different departments, and it's all included. So try grasshopper.com forward slash momentum. Save 30%. Welcome to the e-commerce momentum podcast, where we focus on the people, the products, and the process of e-commerce selling today. Here's your host, Steven Peterson. Welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. This is episode 298, Eric Payne. Eric is a mega seller. I'll use that term, my term, um, who has been selling for only a couple of years, but has definitely figured out the private label world and the roles and the techniques that it takes to execute um, in this crazy world. And it is with challenges. He will tell you that. But you know, Eric's success was built a long time ago. And I think his advice about financial freedom and living below your means for a long period of time, it's kind of like Mark Cuban always says, you know, live with six other guys, eat ramen noodles. That's how you get successful, right? Are you willing to trade off those things though, knowing that, well, without knowing, but kind of being, having faith that you're going to hit that level of success? I don't think most people are. Um, although, if you're older, you definitely are because you realize that those trade-offs really aren't important. They're just a period of time and time goes so fast. Um, really good, solid advice and a long history of success. And, and I just think that that's such a, such a good, long game plan. Um, that, and he gives some pretty good advice for young guys too. So let's get into the podcast. All right, welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. Very excited about today's guest. I'm excited for a whole myriad of reasons, and one I think is, you know, he'll tell you he's just a regular guy, look humble, but he's just a regular guy who's figured it out and has figured it out in such a big way um, that I'm sure it humbles him, even him. Eric Payne, welcome, Eric. Hey, Stephen. Thanks for having me. Hey, thank you for coming. Is that true? Does that have you thought about? you know, what you've created? Does it blow your mind when you think about it? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, uh, I think of it as standing on the shoulders of giants, right? I, I never could have done anything like this without Amazon and not just Amazon, but all the services that are in place, you know, UPS, uh, Alibaba, the way that it's easy to source. And there's just so many things that have been built to give myself and others this opportunity that really just blows my mind i mean we're not supposed to be able to make this kind of money and, and build this kind of business so quickly so yeah it's just kind of crazy in my warehouse we share space with a lighting guy and he's been manufacturing light well i shouldn't say that he's been having 
lighting manufactured for him in China for 20 plus years. And he said it's one of the most frustrating things from a quality point of view. You know, you're always battling, you order something and it works, works, works. And then all of a sudden it gets, the quality goes down and he's like, what happened? And nothing on his part. And, you know, so you have to continue to battle that. This is 20 years worth of that. Now his business is 95% manufactured in the U.S. He said there's 5% I can't get from China or anywhere but China, excuse me. And then he brings it into the U.S. and he's actually manufacturing it here because of quality. And that piece, you know, when we were talking about how difficult it was, he said, oh, yeah, we had to go over once a quarter to China uh, nonstop to find things, to deal with things or whatever. Today, it's you turning on Skype, right? And, and you can actually, you can have a face-to-face conversation uh, over Skype with your manufacturer. I mean, just imagine how difficult it was 20 years ago. Right. Yeah, exactly. And um, even, you know, when I try to look for sourcing things online just through Google, um, it's much more difficult to find something that, you know, is the right manufacturer. Um, I know a lot of people source uh, in the U.S. for consumables, topicals, that type of thing. But just um, just starting out, if you compare um, using Alibaba to source in China versus just trying to find a good U.S. Uh, supplier, it's, it's, you know, more difficult. It, it is, and it's more costly, too. But you're, you're right. You know, Alibaba has mastered China, um, even a couple other countries. And I know they have a U.S. option on there. But it's very thin. It's very thin. It's like a miss for our country. You know, it's like one of those things that somebody should really do is to put together to say, hey, you know, we manufacture all these wooden things. We manufacture all these metal things. It is a miss, I think. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's let's talk about why Eric is so successful. How did how did Eric get into sales? I mean, what were you going to be when you were in high school? Were you gonna be did were you the entrepreneur selling bubblegum? Or were you the business student going to be the executive, lawyer, doctor? <laughs> yeah, so um, I was, uh, I tried to be the entrepreneur selling bubblegum. It was actually uh, candy and X Men cards when I was uh, oh, cool. a kid on the bus. But uh, uh, when I was a kid, for some reason, I was scared to death of getting in trouble. And once I got called down, a couple times for it, I quit. So, <laughs> yeah, I had it in me from uh, an early age. But um, was it I, a desire? I mean, was it a like a something that just told you that, man, I see value? I mean, because I think that's a skill set when you recognize that something's cheaper and there's demand, and you can make that that money on that difference. Is that did you, is that your skill set? Well, so from early on, that the you know. We, I didn't I didn't have uh, much coming up and there was no way to get money and as a kid like to get anything I want I didn't have the money to do it so um, as it started out you know um, it was me looking for opportunities to make a few bucks because I didn't have a few bucks right and I think um, a lot came from that you know humble childhood of you know nothing was given to us there was uh, seven of us um, uh, myself and six siblings, um, of course, plus my two parents, um, that all came up in a three bed, one bath house. Now, (laughs) one bathroom. Yeah. uh, Well, us siblings were spread out enough, um, that it was basically me and four others. So still tight, but you know, not the whole crew in at once. Um, but anyway, you know, and that was on a single income. So, um, there just was an opportunity. And so I guess I've always looked for opportunity and that's probably kind of where that came from, just like that drive, you know? Um, but, uh, you know, growing up, I was, uh, I went to school for, um, a couple different types of engineering, but, uh, I went to community college back home, um, for, uh, electrical and industrial maintenance, you know, and I was just planning on, and getting a job there, but I didn't have um, an entrepreneurial spirit per se. Um, I was just uh, 
looking for a way to get ahead most of the time, if that makes sense. So, so getting ahead, what did that mean to you? I mean, cause you know, if you grew up in a modest, sounds like a less than modest home, um, which fascinates me how somebody could support that family on one income for that long, you know, um, in today's world, we'd be like, Oh my God, we got to have two people working. We got to have a McMansion. We've got to have, you know, Oh my God, we're having another kid. We need the extra, extra large minivan, not just a minivan, right? We need the extra back then. <laughs> and, and so what I'm thinking about for you is, is it a, is it a honed skill or back to those days, was it built in you? Because I wonder, like, because sometimes I don't think I'm an entrepreneur. I'm not, I'm very risk averse. And I wonder, is it something that you can, you know, build out this skill? You know, the more you see it, the more you're around it, you get a taste for it. Yeah. Um, for myself, I wouldn't even refer to it as a skill. Um, I would refer to it as drive, right? And so I can, you know, I'm not a super smart guy, but uh, I'm, it, you know, for, for myself and for most people, if you're willing to dedicate the time to learn something and, and stick through it and really get results, um, for me, that's what I guess you would call that skill, right? And um, so I think, uh, well, I forgot where I was going with well, that. No, yeah. Well, no, I guess what I'm going to ask you then is, is this fair? Do you think that you could learn anything? I mean, assuming, take away the not being an eight foot tall basketball player and, you know, whatever, not be, maybe not being the best athlete, no criticism. You know what I'm talking about, the super outliers. Do you think that if you did dedicate the time and focus, you really could learn anything? I think you can learn anything, yes, but that doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to be efficient at anything. And I can say this coming from an, uh, an engineering background, like eventually I could figure out how to do things and I could learn all the pitfalls. And, and you know, um, I was a, a decent engineer. I wasn't a great engineer, um, but um, certainly, you know, people have a certain knack for things. Um, now, um, what's funny is I used to think in academia that your income is based on how intelligent you are. And I didn't think that I was mm -hmm. going to be one of the smartest engineers. And therefore I never thought I'd have the ability to make a huge income. Um, but certainly I realized later that, you know, your income is not at all tied to, um, your intelligence. So that, that was, uh, <laughs> well, what's it tied to? What, what, what would you say are the number one, two, three determinants of income then? Yeah. So number one is, is your drive and motivation and are you willing to stick something out? You know, um, and, and you know, I've had my success with Amazon, but there's, there's a million other things that, that you can have success with today in the internet age. It's really crazy. Um, and, uh, and I've also had some success with real estate as well, but you know, if I it, it, say I had neither of those right now, um, I could start a YouTube channel. I could build an audience. I could refer products to them. That's another, um, avenue for income online. I'm confident that if you took everything away that I, if I started with that, that I could build that. And I think that just, it comes back to, you know, because I've got the grit to do it. Hmm. Do you think, and I'm thinking about what an engineer is, you know, um, very technical, very detailed, very methodical, right? Like you've got to pay attention, all that stuff. Is that a, a skill set that you have that you're able to apply to each of those examples, like real estate, like uh, even, like you said, building a content channel? I mean, is that is that something that you think um, that separates you? I wouldn't say that it separates me. I'd say, yeah, it's a skill that, that is helpful, but you know, honestly, um, something I've noticed is that, um, <laughs> and this could sound bad, but I'm more meticulous on things for my own business because nobody cares about your business like you do. Right. And so, um, Yes, I, I think I think there are certain skills I picked up with engineering of, of uh, paying attention to detail, but um, I'm even more meticulous with my own business because if you screw up a shipment, you don't lose a hundred bucks, you lose ten thousand, right? 
potentially. But, but how do you, how do you be, how are you more meticulous? Are you a checklist guy or, or is it just, I've done it so many times it's wash, rinse, repeat at this point? Yeah. So, I mean, both, I, I, I you know, list everything out. Um, okay. and when I, when I, I guess when I do things, I double and triple check them. Right. Um, and I mean, there's like, I wouldn't call that a skill. It's just, it's just, you know, I guess experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Once you screwed up a, a couple of times, really big, you'll get really careful. <laughs> well, we had the, in the pre-call, we were talking about, you know, relying on others, you know, I have contractors here nonstop, right? Because we just moved in this warehouse and there's always somebody building somebody and I'm always waiting on somebody and their timeline doesn't match my timeline. Now, you know, I guess the good news is our timelines are fluid, right? So you can ebb and flow as the day goes on. However, when you're waiting for a trade or a truck, the other example is a truck driver, going to be here at 9.30. Okay, 10.18. 9.30 and 10.18 are vastly different in my world. That's that's 62 tasks for me between that period of time that I could have been doing, right? And so right. when you're relying on others, you're disappointed and so is that one of the things that you do for yourself? Do you, would you drift if you didn't pay attention and do the double, triple check? Do you think you would drift? Uh, drift how so? Well, where 930 becomes 1018. You know what I mean? That same. Uh, you, you know, um, I probably do drift uh, a bit right now because it is just myself. I have a, a a couple of part-time helpers, but, um, I would drift a lot less if I had uh, a full-time employee, which I plan to have here pretty soon, but you have that accountability, you know, with, uh, with, when you are working directly with someone, you know, I need to have something ready for them to go. So I can't mess around on Facebook, that type of thing. Right. Okay. okay. Well, I just think of others because I know for myself, I, I start with a plan and then all of a sudden I get sucked into this vortex of, I don't know what, and then it just ends. And so the discipline, I, I'm always looking for that discipline. I'm a checklist guy like you. I've got, a, uh, I think, uh, four legal pads sitting on my desk right now with stuff, little box. And I even build the boxes that I check the box because it's very satisfying for me to check that box, right? Um, yeah. And so I can drift off into those things. And no, so, I, go ahead. Yes, it's to that point. Um, and I've noticed, I call it uh, zooming in and zooming out because um, I'm the, the owner and the manager and the strategy guy for the business, right? But while I'm still doing a lot of the details, um, uh, I call that zooming in. So I can zoom in and create shipments and do the tedious work and answer emails. But you get caught between zooming in and zooming out, and, and you lose a lot of time. I, I tend to drift a lot during that. So uh, I'm, I'm good at doing a simple task, which I shouldn't be doing, or um, zooming out and kind of seeing over everything and, and running the business, right? So is that what the hire, because I've met the gentleman you plan to hire, is that what you're hoping that he can help deal with? Um, because I know he has a very special skill set. Uh, you know, I mean, I know you, you have a deep relationship there. Is that one of the things you're buying a fix for? Not in a negative way. You get what I'm saying? Right, yeah. You're, no, he, you're self-aware enough to know how you are, and so you want to buy a fix. Yeah, so, I mean, I think anyone will tell you, especially when, when you have a business my size, you should, you should be working on the business and not in the business, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so he can take over about 80% of the stuff I do, and, um, and you know, he's a high-level guy himself, and so um, eventually, you know, he can build a team of VAs to handle a number of the things that he has to do. And he can um, help do some higher level stuff as well. But yeah, that's kind of the, the plan as far as that goes. I like it. I think it's very smart. You know, thinking about that, because you're going to bring in a high level guy. I, I This is a good discussion to go to because I haven't had this discussion. How do you approach that? Because, you know, you know, like yourself, he you risk him getting bored taking on these menial tasks right however you got to learn it to be able to teach others right so it's kind of one of those things have have you had a discussion to is there a plan is there a, a you know coming up with standard operating procedures documentation well how do you how do you peel this onion back because i think it's a big deal i think it's a good 
good place to discuss. Yeah, that's that's a good question. Uh, so to start, um, he's he started his own sad little Amazon business that you know makes a grand or two a month. It's it's uh, in profit. It's small, but he's he's uh, he's had his head in the podcast and he's been building his own little business. So he he understands everything that's going on. So I don't have a lot to jump in and train him with. So that's really good, right? Um, uh, so. And would you suggest that for others? Because I don't want to lose that point because I think you're right. That learning curve he paid for, not you. Right. Um, yeah, it's definitely an advantage. I mean, hmm. it's, um, I mean, I think the advantage more is just saving me time, right? Okay. I mean, I don't think it, it wouldn't take a terribly long time to train a new person in this process, right? But like anything, you can know the basics, but um, you have to be immersed in this for quite a while to really understand on every level kind of what's going on, the good, bad, you know, and where you need to make adjustments early and that type of thing. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, it's definitely an advantage, but I think the – I guess the – the bigger question for me in hiring a high-level guy is, you know, it, it's been back and forth in my head. Well, I could probably hire someone for thirty-five thousand a year and have a full-time person that can do anything that I need, right? Um, but but hiring him is different because um, versus someone that you have to train. Okay, this is step A, B, and C when um, when I need this done. Um, of course, he already knows the basics, but I can say, hey, go figure out how to do a profitable Facebook campaign to this brand. Um, go set me up a, a funnel to collect, you know, 10,000 email addresses. Like, these are the type of things that he can figure out, you know, um, things that I haven't even figured out. So it's, it's more like hiring a partner instead of just an employee. So anyway, that's, a, that's a big point. So you're saying, look, Steve, I'm not hiring somebody to move product because I can outsource that. That's not something you're interested in. You're interested in how do you, how do you manage that next level business where everybody wants to, you know, get off, not, not get off Amazon, but have other avenues and have other plans and customer capture and all that kind of jazz. That's where you're going with it. And so that takes a different person and obviously way more than a $35,000 salary to be able to do that at that level and be able to make decisions where you don't have to stand over their shoulder saying, you know, hmm, it's interesting. It's a risk, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and, but, you know, and, and it's also building my infrastructure. Like I, I haven't updated my website in forever. Um, my Amazon store is extremely basic. You know, um, I've really not tried running Facebook ads yet because I don't have time. And so um, there's a million things um I think of it as me blazing the trail and him being able to pick up the stuff behind me and, and make it good, you know? Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah. Oh yeah. Sharpen. I, I was thinking about this example for someone else I'm talking with, you know, you think about a foundation, right? Those bottom blocks are so important to be so secure, right? That foundation has to be really, really done right for you to be able to build up. And I think that that's a good example for you is now he can come and build on what you've built on and just take it that much faster because those bottom blocks are the slowest. They're the hardest, right? They're the ones you got to dig so deep to get into just right into place and adjust. And now he can accelerate that. You know, the other thing is, you know, one high level and two high level are not one plus one equals two. You guys could really, really accelerate. It's like a flywheel. I, I don't remember who uses that flywheel uh, analogy. Um, might even be Jeff Bezos, where it talks about a flywheel. Um, this, this is probably how you could, you know, do three, four, five times the volume that you could do on yourself. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so <laughs> I realize that, but it's also um, at the same time. Um, it's been a struggle for me to get my head out of the money and say, you're losing this much every month. <laughs> yeah. you're, not, you're investing that, and it may take some time to get that flywheel going, and that's the risk that you take, right? 
Well, um, how do you how do you manage that, right? So so is it hey, I'm expected to have a return. Like if you're a commission only salesperson, it's easy, right? Steve, mm. you get paid for what you bring in. You eat what you kill, right? That's right. the old phrase, right? Well, in this scenario, there's a ramp time, right? How do you, how do you, you know, do you have milestones in place? Do you have a plan to say, hey, this is where we need to be. Here's where we're at. This is where we need to be. Yeah, and I think so. So backing up just a minute before that, to your point, like uh, this is a physical product business, and so you you know, my mindset has always been that you make more money by introducing new products, right? And you um, you introduce new products by having capital. So I've always referred to it as a capital game, right? And so um, just you know, yeah, the um, when you hire someone to help with the tasks, then that's that much more inventory that you can't buy, right? So that's been the struggle for me. <laughs> um, but uh, sorry, can you repeat your question? <laughs> well, no, I think I think I think we're getting to where it is. But there's kind of a it's a faith thing, right? A, you know this guy, and you know his ability. So that's a that's a proof. You've, he's a we used to call those known quantities, right? When whenever we would hire a talent, we always say. They're a known quantity. So we already know that they're going to bring at least this level to us. We want to get that little bit more as a leader. Your role is to get that little bit more from them to show them their real potential. So my question was about, you know, it's a faith issue about paying him because it's not like he's going to be able to come in and bring you an immediate return. So how do you how do you manage that? Did you did you put milestones in place to say, you know, I'm doing, you know, ten thousand dollars in sales and I want to be doing. $12,000 $12,000 in sales in six months based on the effort of X candidate. Yeah. So, um, I haven't. And the reason is that, um, the, the income growth is going to be my job and his job is to make it easy for me to do. Right. So, um, it's not a typical job where you would say you'd expect, um, someone to bring in this much more, uh, because, we're limited to a certain extent by the capital that I, right. And so, um, I'm going to basically, I can stop with all the stuff that I've been working on and I can spend a whole lot of time on sourcing and deploying my capital, but I don't have the ability right now to do that when, um, when I've got the manage the business to manage already. Right. So I've kind of filled my time up already. And so, once he takes all that stuff, I can really start deploying some capital. And, you know, the second thing is um, that he's actually a, a friend of mine. So um, it's not like, you know, if you don't perform in three months, I have to let you go. Um, but what I have said is we'll have basically a year's retainer to see how this goes. You know, okay. so I'm, I'm investing in a full year and it's going to take some time to get that going, but you have to look at it, you know, not as I'm spending this much per month or whatever, and that's really expensive, but you have to look at the whole investment and say, this is a year, this is how much it costs. And I'm expecting to make more than that, you know, and much more in the years to come. Well, I I think there's something powerful there. Um, I've done the same with my assistant. It's like I committed to a year and then that way they could settle in knowing that they don't have to perform this month. They have to, okay, they're building something to get us to that momentum. I think that's very powerful. Um, I was sitting there thinking about another example. Um, I use this phrase all the time. Uh, Mitchell Lipp is the one, Harvey Specter. He, he always says that you got to buy time, Steve, you know, and so buy training, right? You buy training courses to buy time. It's a faster way to learn and that kind of thing. But you're mm-hmm. doing another example of that, which I think is really solid and it's really worth really worth, um, you know, unpeeling a little bit deeper. You're saying, hey, Steve, I'm spending 38 hours a week doing these 22 tasks. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm now moving these over to this gentleman. So I'm buying time so I can source, which is something that you're really good at, but it's also where the money's made. And so it's, it's a very interesting way of buying time. I like it. Yeah, I've had to do <laughs> a lot of that the, the last few years. This I started this business uh, three years ago, and so um, and I, I've got some uh, rental properties, and I I actually bought those and renovated them on the side of my engineering job when I was doing that, 
And so um, at the time when I started this business, I had 11 rental units. So I had um, a full-time job. I had 11 mm -hmm. rental units that I managed and I was building this business on the side. Um, and the funny thing is that when I actually quit my full-time job, that was October, 2016, I thought, awesome. I'm going to get a break now. I've got I'm gonna have all this time. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm busier now than, than I was then, but along the way, you know, um, especially with the, the rentals, um, I've, I've started, you know, just hiring it out. You know, I've got a number of independent people that work for me. I've got, you know, a painter, a, um, a carpenter and stuff, all these tasks that I used to do by myself. And I used to think I can save a hundred dollars by doing this. Uh, you have to value what your time's worth and I'll, I'll pay someone 50, a hundred bucks anytime to go to the rental and fix it. It's never worth my time now. Well, you, yeah, right. They always say you get to a place where you have more money than time and you're in that place. Is it, is it less rewarding for you though? Um, cause that's something that I, I see people say, you know, but I love this piece, you know, Eric, I love painting. I'm a painter and I don't want to give that up because it's like one of my passions. However, I've got no time for it. Have you gotten to that place at all with any of those tests, either in the rentals or in the Amazon business? Um, no, I understand exactly what you're saying. Um, I don't think it's less rewarding for me, but I will say that I do have to, you know, go get my hands dirty every once in a while. Um, uh, I have, I haven't hired out mowing my yard because I enjoy mowing, um, <laughs> and it's totally not worth my time, but it's good exercise. I get to get outside and I push mow a quarter acre lot that's on a basement. So it's a, a big hill, right? <laughs> and, uh, sometimes I kick myself for it, but, uh, um, I mean, that's something that I've made a conscious decision not to hire out because I need some hands-on work and I need to get away from the computer every now and then, you know? So, so you figured it is, it sounds to me and correct me if I'm wrong, that your business and your life intermingle more, I mean, way, way more than when you were working at a desk job. And that's going to be like a dust, Steve, of course. Is that a negative for you at this point in your life? And not all, and I'm speaking generally, cause I'm sure there are times it sucks, but generally, or is it, a positive um right now it's a positive um because it's not like it's what i do it's almost like a hobby like it's what i automatically do by default right um if i if i played video games which i don't then you know if i got up and played xbox all day that's what i would you know do because i wanted to and that's how this is you know um but wait you you're you've got a multi-million dollar amazon business and you're saying it's a hobby yeah most of it is yeah dude um, that's wait, that's 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 a big statement that's a pretty cool place to get to in your head yeah i mean it, i mean and this is how I, i'm kind of a a financial nerd right and like like, I mean, think of it as um, scratching off lottery tickets. It just takes three months to see if you want anything, right? And so I'm doing the work on these little lottery tickets, if, if you think about it like that. But there's plenty of work that isn't fun about it, but as, as it, it's my baby, I guess, you know? And so um, that makes it fun. When you think... Uh of what you could be doing, right? So have you played out in your mind what would have happened if you stayed in the engineering job and you went out 20 or 30 years, you know, oh, I'm going to be in Florida playing golf, uh, you know, uh, being part of the rotary club. I shouldn't say that because I'm a Rotarian. Um, you know, just slowing down in life with that thing. Or this crazy up and down every day, right? Mentally, you're up and down every day. Things are great, things are bad. Things are great, things are bad. Have you thought about that in your mind where you'd be? without this kind of excitement? Yeah, um, and I was already, uh, so th the whole goal was financial freedom, and I, I've been able to afford uh, a nice house and a nice car now that was, you know, not not something that I would have planned to buy if I was on the engineering path. Um, but those, those are cool, but they weren't the goal, and um, 
financial freedom was the goal, and that's that's what I was working towards um, with the rentals, and and I was doing well with that. And so I think um, had I never started this business, um, I would have kept building the rentals up and eventually quit my job to um, run and maintain those. Uh, so you and, think you would have gotten there? It just would have taken longer. It would have taken a lot longer. It wouldn't have been near as much fun, and I would have been in, you know, um, a much more modest home than I am. Uh, so, well, what's your advice then? I mean, thinking about, you know, because there's a couple schools of thoughts. You know, you you see a lot of people that want to get in this business or in some business. They want control. That maybe that is the right phrase. They want financial freedom. They want the ability to kind of, kind of decide for themselves instead of having every decision forced upon them based on choices of the past or what have you. What's your advice for people? I mean, is it is it slow and steady with the rental business, or is it fast and furious with the Amazon business, or is it does it matter based on the person? Yeah, um, so it, it is slow and steady with the rentals, but I'm still funneling money into those because they're long-term steady assets, right? Um, and so um, I think I think financial freedom is the best uh, financial goal that we can have, right? And so for anyone listening, if you're young, um, you know, if you're in your 20s and your your goal is financial freedom, um, even if I had not had Amazon, I would have done it in about 12 years, right? Um, But Amazon accelerated that really fast. But with the... the, um, with the opportunity that we have with Amazon or even other internet businesses, um, there is so much opportunity. So, um, if you're young, even if, if you do it slow, you can, you can do this. And I would have said 10 years, but you can really do it in five. If you figure out online business, you know, five or less, it took me three once this business took off from the time I started the business. Um, but there is so much opportunity. Um, and even if, you know, if you're young, that means that, you know, you can be done by 30, which is insane. And even if you're not young, if you know, if you build one of these businesses slowly and steadily over five years, you can, you can be in like in a really good place and potentially retire. Hmm. Well, we, you met Paul Miller. I think that might've been your first time. He's a perfect example of somebody who's starting over and has done it and has done it to incredible success and and anybody who meets him and hears a story and sees what he's doing realizes that he's just starting and he started over at 50 thereabouts and he's just he's just getting started right yeah mm-hmm. yeah paul's been able to do some really cool stuff i'm excited for him so so thinking about um you know helping people move forward is private label I mean, I know what it's done for you. Did you do any of the RA or OA or any of that stuff at all wholesale? Um, I did not. So I had planned to start with uh, doing some RA before I learned about private label. Um, and just, you know, the timing as it was, um, it was just really starting to to get taught and get some traction out there um, when I had um, time to actually start building a business. And so that was fortunate. Um, I did actually take a course on wholesale later on thinking that that might be a good way to diversify. But, um, once I took the course, I I realized that it's kind of a, a roundabout way of doing what I'm already doing, but a lot more work. So I never did it. And you're building somebody else's product out, which, you know, which works if you're not that person. Do you think your engineering, I was thinking about this too, because your product's pretty engineered. Uh, Do you think that training and skill set gives you a competitive advantage on these more technical, larger, more expensive items? I would say yes. Well, I mean, it could uh, in in creating new products, but I haven't created a product yet. So as of now, it hasn't, but it certainly could. Yeah, but but it allows you to recognize, right, more so than – because I think most people would be very intimidated based on what you sell. I mean, I think most people would say, whoa, not going there. (laughs) Yeah, potentially, but, you know, um, the – having having found some some other people's having been told 
by other people, what they sell. There's, there's also um, a number of, of successful sellers that have done things that I wouldn't want to do, right? Like based on like, well, that, that has this problem and, and that problem and uh, okay. be afraid that I'd run into this. And so I wouldn't sell that. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, I'm saying know. it like it's an advantage. You're saying no, um, that's no more an advantage than, you know, somebody being an accountant selling this or somebody being an electrician. So, so it's really, I think it comes back to, that determination, perseverance, and all that kind of stuff, probably way more so. Hmm. Yeah, sure. Um, and yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that I have any advantages as an engineer of my product. Okay. But, that's, yeah. th- that's fair. And you know what, that's, uh, makes sense when you say it that way, because it's like, okay, yeah, you're right. Why do, why aren't these other problems? Are these other products uh, having problems? And they, because those people work through them, right? Everything has problems. Those people, that's the skill set. So when right. you think about, what it was that pushed you past that hill, right? So you, I'm sure you hit the hill just like everybody else. What was it that pushed you over the top? Do you think that others could copy or emulate in some way? Um, so I think probably just based on, um, my past history with what I've been able to build on the side. Um, and, you know, when I first, uh, when I first bought my first rental, um, I, my tenant moved out early before the lease was over and I was freaking out and I was like, Oh, I shouldn't have got into this. I'm going to have this payment by myself. I don't know if I'll be able to get anyone else to rent it. And turned out it was not a big deal at all, but you always have those, um, those moments of doubt. Right. And so, um, having been through enough of those. I think I have the confidence. Uh, I don't don't really worry about it so much. And so with Amazon, when I started doing that, I mean, you, you run into a a myriad of different types of problems, but fortunately for me, it's not been, um, anything crazy. I did get suspended once and that lasted for 16 days. And that was, you know, the most stressful thing I'd been through. Um, but, um, it was, you know, I still had the faith that, you know, I'll get going. It's fine. Just, you know, I, I focused my time away from the computer cause I didn't want to drive myself crazy. Um, but you know, I just, I, I guess I, I, I'm that type of optimist and, and certainly given the, the success that I've had over time, um, I guess that's just my mindset. Well, that's not an ego thing. That's just a proof of concept. I've been able to do this before. I've seen challenges before. I've pushed through them. Put your head down. Do the work. Put your head down. All right, so let me ask you this. So you've gotten over that hill. How do you start getting distance, like strides? Think about like somebody who, you know, you're in a race, and you see that person in front of you, and they're just getting further and further and further away from you. It's like a stride thing. How did you hit that stride or was there something that got you past that? Yeah. So I guess there's, there's a couple of different ways of answering that. The first thing I'll say is I'm, I'm trying to hit that stride by like, uh, the new hire that I mentioned. Okay. Hmm. And that's, that's the, you know, that's the, I guess, intimidating thing to do. But, but other than that, I've hit the stride by continuously reinvesting, um, all of the money into the business. Right. So, um, I still take a salary of 75 grand, which is plenty for me to live on. Um, even, even paying the larger house payment. Right. And so, um, I've always just put my money back into the business. And so whether I funnel some of that into real estate or I reinvest all of it back into Amazon, um, you know, I'm only ta- I'm only consuming a very small portion of my income, and I think that's kind of the the critical piece to me having the stride that I have. That makes sense. So you're living below your means, um, knowing that at some point it's a snowball, and eventually that snowball gets so large. Mm, love it. What would you say your biggest strength then is when you think about strengths, and you know, because I, I, the other thing I like to look at is I think you know everybody has a strength, right? And some match this business better than others. 
Um, what would you say yours is? Um, that's a humbling thing. I mean, I get it, and it's it's and it's not an ego thing. It's yeah, humbling when you I'll, think about it, it. Yeah, I'll tell you. It, I had to think about it for a second, but it's exactly what I tell people when they um, see my success, and I tell them um, I'm not smarter than anyone. Um, I, I say that my um, the reasons for my success, I think the biggest reason is that I'm able to choose the right opportunities um, and I have the the means to invest in those uh, when that opportunity comes along. And and that that goes way back from I, I've lived below my means um, ever since I started professionally in 2007. I lived with two roommates for six years. Um, in a small uh, a house that's half of what I could have afforded. And I used that money to start um, buying the rentals. And so it it's it's this continuous snowball that started at the beginning of my career. And I say that because um, the, the having the means to invest in an opportunity that you see is what most people don't have, mm. right? Well, but you're told, at least at least I was told in school, hey, you got to put away for the future, right? You got to put away, invest in the stock market or whatever it was at the time, you know, put your 401k, max out, do all these different things because that's the way you're going to have a solid future. You're saying, no, live below your means, take that money and invest it into kind of that rich dad, poor dad thing, right? Those assets churning out investments. And that's the way you look at Amazon. Is that fair? Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, like... The, uh, sorry, I'm blanking. No, well, well, because here's where I was going to go. What would you tell somebody young? You gave advice to somebody young. Hey, this is a chance for you to have a future. Would you say to them, hey, uh, son, invest for the future, put your money in a 401k, get that job, put your head down, get noticed and advance. Or are you saying, hey, put that money into some type of asset? Which way would you go today knowing what you know? I mean, I think I know what your answer would be. Well, yeah, definitely an asset. The reason that I, I started investing in real estate, and I've, I've never invested into the stock market other than to get my match on the 401k with my employer, and and now I invest uh, the full amount that I can in a SEP IRA just because it's tax deductible, um, but I always invested in real estate because I didn't plan to retire at, you know, 59 and a half up. Um, retire in the traditional sense. It, anyway, I, I planned on um, being done with my job at least by 40. And so you can't, you know, having half a million in a 401k doesn't do you much good unless you're willing to pull it out, pay taxes and pay the 10% penalty. So it never really made any sense to invest in that for me. But um, you can really accelerate this. I think if, if you, uh, if you invest in assets, uh, instead of just stocks, you know, uh, stocks and bonds and that type of thing. I think it's very sound. So, I mean, I think that's a good piece of advice. If you're looking for that long-term sustainable future at 59 and a half or 62, whatever it's going to end up being soon, right? That makes sense. Go go that long investment. But your scenario is, hey, I want to make my money early. I want to be successful early, build it up, and then I can choose to invest. And you're at that place. So you're a young guy who can now afford to max out levels that you never would have been able to had you not taken and made that investment. I think I think it's solid because you also are investing in yourself, right? I mean, so you're you're not afraid to take a course. You're not afraid to learn new things. You're not afraid to put in the time. That's another asset, isn't it? Isn't Eric an asset? Yeah, and that's that's you know originally the whole plan before before I started this business and had this success was that if my rentals can can replace my job income, then that can free me up to learn how to create mm -hmm. other businesses. It wasn't like you know, and I, I it only took like four grand a month to replace my job income. So you know, it wasn't. It wasn't, hey, well, I can get there and go steady. It was, hey, I can get there. That covers everything, and, and it gives me a safe place to really start um, learning how to create other businesses. I love it, too.
You know, sitting back and thinking about that, that goes against everything that my generation was taught. It goes against it. Um, well, I shouldn't say that, against everything. There were those who went off and learned a trade, and the successful ones are, are living that life right now, you know. And so um, it's way different than us who went that college, you know, corporate track, and very exciting. So what are you struggling with now? I mean, we already talked about that you're hiring out to help deal with just the volume of stuff you're doing. But you didn't describe that he's coming in to fix problems. You, you're describing him coming in to advance the cause. What, right. are you, what are you struggling with right now? And then how do you approach that? Because I think that's another powerful lesson for people. Yeah, so um, the biggest thing I'm struggling with is, um, so each year um, in February, Amazon raises uh, their fulfillment fees right oh yeah ooh, ooh, this is a big one too coming yeah and, and my average product is oversized so um uh a dollar 30 a unit is what my price went up so that's the profit that i'm losing per unit and i sell with three between three and four hundred units a day so ooh. that's a big hit right um, that's a lot of money yeah, and, and I'm only expanding the product line, right? And and then in February, it's going to happen again, right? Um, and so um, that's one thing. And then, you know, just um, over time, competition will come to each niche, and you got to keep moving and finding the best um, products to add to your line that, that are not, you know, yet saturated. But, um, you know, unless you get to the very top, uh, like – some products they go to the top of Amazon over a time over a period of time they have good reviews and and they rank well and once once they're ranked well for a long period of time it's really hard for those to get you know um, you know taken down in the ranking or for some some new competitor to knock them off that type of thing right but if you don't get to the very top um, you're not uh, you're, you're susceptible to competition you know doing better than you having a, a, a better mousetrap or, or even if it's, um, overseas competitors that are, that are cheating and getting 400 reviews in a, in a week or a month. Right. Um, so that, that's another, um, challenge that I'm having, but, uh, you know, you've got to keep moving. And so your product line is you're, you're always phasing, products out and you're always adding new products in and so I guess the the you know the struggle that I'm having now or, or what I'm trying to figure out is um, how I'm going to continue to increase revenue despite these things um, and you know my solution right now is to find um, high margin products and to replace myself in the business so that I can source a lot of these. Well, I think it's smart. So you're saying, hey, I'm the best chance at having that long-term success, but I need to be free and I need to have somebody I can trust. And when you when you thought about, because I think this is another important thing for people to think about, you're going to a known quantity. The gentleman that you're hiring, you've known for a long time, you know the work ethic, you know his abilities, you know the skill sets. Is that mm -hmm. advice you would give to somebody to say, hey, go look backwards um, you've worked with the best person in your life. If you remember the skills that you're looking for, you've met that person. There might be an opportunity to go backwards. Is that is that smart advice? I think so. Uh, I've I've had you know certainly I've had this question in my own head, and I've had a number of people tell me don't hire your friends. You know, because in a traditional sense, if they don't perform, you need to be able to let them go. You can't continue to pay someone that's not performing right um but but with this uh, business in particular i i know how he can perform right so i'm not really worried about that mm -hmm. um and for such a critical position and the help that i need um i think it's a huge advantage to be able to hire someone that i i know how he works how we work together and his skill set versus you know i can't imagine hiring someone just based on applications or resumes um, that I know nothing about for, for this particular position. Okay. I think that makes a perfect sense. And I think that that is, that is a good place. It's different than what it was. Again, here's the other thing. 
He knows how difficult this business is. He's doing it himself. He knows the challenges because he's doing it himself. And he knows what the workplace has become because he was in it. And so all those things are different today than what they were. And I, I think that's very exciting. And um, the fact that he's not old, but he's, he's, he's got more seasoned in experience, the grass isn't always greener. I think once you get to that place of learning that, because when you're young— Oh, this is the next. This is a better company. These corporate people don't treat you that way. Yeah, right. Uh, go to the next. I mean, it's all the same, right? Um, I was thinking about this too. This would be something I think would be helpful because you've been so successful at so many different things. One of the coolest things I remember was seeing your deck where you do some work and you get inspired out there. Could you give us like maybe three habits of your week? that others might be able to replicate or put into their habits that make, that have built out your success. Do you get what I'm going? Three things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's hard to answer because I have a, a number of habits that I'm trying to change right now. But yeah. for those, don't give me the bad habits, dude. I don't yeah. want them. <laughs> it's, I think it's different for me being a single guy than it would be for some. Um, but I think like, Number one is that I've always got my finger on the business. I always have uh, my eye on what's going on. So at, for me, I'm able to um, check into it all the time throughout the day. You know, I might run to the gym and then check up on the business, make sure everything's okay before I go and do this, right? And, um, you know, you know, other people, whether they have a family or they're working a full-time job, they can't keep a, their finger on the pulse of it as close as I'm able to. But if you're able to, I think that's um, probably one really good habit. Um, and I think the second is this, this is, I'm not, I'm not sure the right thing here, but I, I get my, my full night's sleep. Right. Um, and uh, I've been kind of struggling with like, you need to get up earlier. You need to get up at five or six and, and, you know, if you can sleep like six hours a night, seven hours a night and be, you know, perform well, um, then you should do it. And so I, a lot of times I think of myself as lazy for sleeping eight hours, sometimes eight and a half hours. Um, but it does uh, allow me to be productive through the day and I, I don't I don't get tired during the day. Um, so I think that's a pretty good habit. Um the third I'm working on, uh, but I think my eating habits, I'm, I'm trying to do a lot of grilled chicken and vegetables and that type of thing. And I certainly fall off from that uh, more than I should. But, um, you know, once once I really get consistent with that, certainly for a period of time, I feel so much better during the day. So it's funny. Um, between that and working out, a lot of times you know, I'll just have a burst of energy during the day. And I'll just drop and do push-ups just because like I have this energy and it's good. You might as well. Right. Um, and so, you know, if you're lethargic all day at the computer, you're just not going to be very effective. Right. So, so is that a place to start right there? I mean, I'm thinking about, cause one of the last questions I would ask is for people to, you know, improve, right. How do they get that process improvement? How do they move their business forward? I think what you just said, if there's a whole bunch of us, Steve included, sitting here saying, I do get lethargic during the day. I do hit that point, you know, where I'm getting tired and that. So your advice is to go back and look at your eating or your sleeping habits, that exercise, all those things, because that's giving you the, ooh, dude, you're like a, <laughs> you're like a therapist. Uh, <laughs> but it's true, though. I mean, I'm it's true. I figured out wrong with myself, you know, and I, I'm far from perfect on it, but I can definitely see the difference when I'm on versus when I'm off. All right. So there's our advice. We're going to look at our sleep habits, our exercise habits, and our diet habits. You know, it's it's funny. That's pretty much the basis for everything, right? Because that affects your relationships. That affects your attitudes. That affects everything and all those around you, all those things. Hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. All right. So if somebody has follow-up questions, what's the best way to get in touch with you, Eric? Um, well, I don't have much of an online presence, I guess. Um, probably just uh, look Facebook. me up on Facebook. <laughs> okay. I'll put the Facebook contact in there. It's inspiring to me because you're relatively young, relative to me. Um, but you've built up 
not one, but several successful businesses. You're launching another product line, right? Mm -hmm. So that's another, you know, you're building on what you know. And I think that your goal of financial freedom is absolutely the accelerant that allows your business to grow because you're taking calculated risks from a place of strength, right? You're not running away from something. You're working towards something. I think it's very, very powerful, very inspiring, man. And I wish you nothing but success, Eric. Very, very thankful for you coming on. Thanks so much, Steve, and I appreciate the time and the kind words. Take care. Great guy, great interview, um, real success. And I think his advice of, um, again, you know, living below your means and all that stuff, I just think that's a solid, you know, I think, I think we're getting to a point in our lives where that's acceptable. I think <laughs> there's a negative stigma, and now all of a sudden people are like, you know, that's not so bad. It's simplifying your life, we call it in my house and our friends, um, because that complicated life, that cost is just too great health-wise and stress-wise. I don't want that in my life, and I know a lot of other people who don't also. But I think his uh, investing in real estate, you know, for the long game is a really solid advice. I know there's a couple of groups where I've seen some people talk about that's their B plan, is that they're taking that excess money and investing it into other things. Um, um, and I, I just think that that's a, that's a good plan, you know, investing that money in assets, no matter what. So their income producing assets is really a smart way. And um, I just think that his other comment about, hey, I wasn't going to wait to 59 and a half to have access to this money. I wanted it at 40. It's a powerful thing. And if you can pull back and think about that, that's not the advice your grandfather would give you or your father, depending on your age. This is different advice, but times are different. The opportunities are different. And I, I think he's spot on. EcommerceMomentum.com, EcommerceMomentum.com. Take care. Thanks for listening to the E-Commerce Momentum Podcast. All the links mentioned today can be found at ecommercemomentum.com under this episode number. Please remember to subscribe and like us on iTunes.